Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. everybody, welcome to The Sci-Files. My name is Heather Nolan from Your Story Discovered, and I am hosting for Axel Nolan, my husband, as he's out today. But we do have a guest, my best friend slash business partner, Liz Patton, and then we of course have Ryan. The producer! <laughs> Yay! Woo! Yes, if and... I and... We have some interesting stuff today, but before we go into that, I know you guys got something you wanted to talk about. Yes. Uh, so there's been this thing called the movie Pass. Pass, excuse me. It's been out now for several years, but, and originally when it came out, I was thinking about it, it's like 40 to $50. And I believe... I couldn't. I can't remember of how strict the movies were, but I know it, used, it was still like the TV movies, um, excluding IMAX and 3D movies, and 3D as in you have to wear the glasses, not like CGI movies. And, uh, now, in the last like year or two, they have this new model where for 9.95 a month, you could. See a movie a day, and um, it is still the same 2D, only no IMAX or 3D, mm-hmm. and so Liz and I have both the movie paths, so this is kind of like a critique of how it's working and what we like about it so far, but there have been some issues that movie paths themselves are having, and we don't know if they're going to be lasting or if they're going to actually change anything before they become bankrupt. Oh, wow. Yep. So, Liz, after using the MoviePass a few times, what do you think about it? I like it. I mean, at the nine ninety five one movie a day option that it, it gives you, I, I still do find that it's really hard to go to the movies every day, even being on vacation. It's been really hard to go to the movies every day, but it is nice in the fact that this uh, comes out of my bank account once a month, and whenever I want to go see a movie, I don't have to worry about having the 10 12 you know, $13, depending on when you go, available, uh, that I just log into the app, and I say, okay, I'm going to go see this movie at this time, and I check in on the app, and you have to check in within 1,000 feet of the movie theater. And then you just go up, you tell them what movie you're here to see at what time. You give them um, the MoviePass card, which is like a debit card. And then they they run it like a debit card and uh, run it like a credit card. And then you get your tickets and you go on in. And so it's been really nice not having to make sure 
um, that I have the money handy because living on a tight budget like I do, it's really hard when I want to go to the movies to actually have the money to go to the movies. So this makes it easier. I definitely agree with that. Um, and there is a way to do the ET. There is an e-ticketing format you could use, but I haven't tried that yet, so I'm not sure how it actually works because you don't actually purchase the tickets through the app. I, but I think you can do, like, go through Regal or something, and then you enter the card information. But I have yet to learn to do that. And it's kind of an interesting service all around, too, because it's it, – and it's, it doesn't seem like it would – pay off for the company overall I mean, if it, for like only like what ten dollars a month uh-huh. i mean it's it seems like a pretty crazy thing because i know like with most subscription-based services you know i mean you're paying for like a, a monthly subscription and then they're paid certain companies pay the main company a premium to put all their content on but i gotta wonder how many of these com- you know how many film companies out there are actually paying movie pass or uh, or if like the theaters that they're that they're um, being hosted through or giving them enough, um, or should movie pass be more a month? You know, because it seems like because mm-hmm. like especially when you try to like for like the video like, like let's say like the video rental industry. You know, I mean most movies brand new or you know coming right um you know from the theater to vi- home video. We're usually costing in the ballpark, and this was like back in the back in the '90s and early 2000s. We're costing in the ballpark between 75 and 120 dollars a film. So it seems kind of like, you know, and these are the ones that are directly in the cinema. So you got to wonder if a service like this is really um, handled, the, you know, the correct way from the company, and that's probably why they're facing financial issues. Or, or you know, would would a high premium be you know, be a thing that maybe even Hollywood might even want to consider, you know, for having the VO, you know, having like a service like a VOD service for in-theater films, you know, mm-hmm. a lot like how you see like, you know, IFC and, the, you know, like the IFC features that get put in theater that you can rent early for like 20 bucks, you know. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that comes to the update, uh, some of the news as it's been going on is that Thursday, and then it actually happened yesterday, they lost, they didn't so much as lost service, but they basically ran out of money to pay uh, the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so nobody was able to re- nobody was able to check in and get a ticket. Oh, wow. And go see a movie. They also, uh, because of that issue, people were not able to see Fallout this weekend on Friday because they were also having issues. Mm. They did say that there's the e-ticketing format should be still working, but basically yeah. they, they're running out of money. Liz calculated that about, and I'm just going to put in the middle of what she calculated and what I calculated because she did like a $10 a a $10 what you would pay per ticket, yeah. and I did $12 amount, and this is if you see a movie every single day, and they're basically losing about $900 million a month. Wow. And Based upon their 3 million customers seeing a movie every day. Ew, yep. Geez. So, 
kind of sad. I mean, it's a great idea. We want to see something like, we've always wanted something like this, but because, I mean, Liz does have a point. Are you really going to see a movie every single day? No. I mean, how, you know, it's not that many movies. Yeah, and I, and I think you'd have to be a really huge movie goer for this to even be a worth it thing. Like, I know for me, it would be kind of pointless to have something like it because, like, I only see mostly horror films and some sci-fi and some like mm-hmm. comic book themed action films every every so often a lot of times i usually wait until the movie comes to vod and just run it mm-hmm. online um and i know previously like um especially in my younger years i mean movie theater going used to be like a once every two to three months kind of deal mm-hmm. um, but i can see this being more of a benefit for like somebody who's like you know like a, f- a film critic for instance um or like uh somebody who has uh, kids who likes to you know like to take their kids to see all the new you know like, uh, kids films or even like couples like whether you're married or dating to be able to go out and you know kind of enjoy kind of a, a leisure, you know, kind of like a cost a costless like activity you know, that doesn't require a exactly yeah uh what do you guys think would save if they would to change their model, what do you guys suggest they should do to change, to keep going? I would suggest maybe upping it to twenty dollars and then like eight movies a month. Yeah. Um, you know, dropping it down significantly, where if a couple new movies come out, you can see them, but also increasing the price, which still eighty, you know, eight eighty dollars. Let's say based on ten dollar tickets. Great movies versus twenty bucks is still much more of a steal um, than going and paying for your ticket every time you go in. I know because it could almost be like, I mean, I went to like when I went to go see Ant Man and Wasp the other day. uh, I think it was I think the total price and this was my ticket, getting a drink and you know just other concessions. Um, My my full experience for that film was fourteen dollars. I mean. and if I was the type of person that wanted to go see a movie, like, you know, like six to seven times, or maybe even eight times a month, or even ten, I mean, $20 is definitely a big, big budget cut, you know, budget cut from, you know, having to pay like almost 15 to $20 every single mm-hmm. And the cool thing with the movie pass that, uh, and there is another type of movie pass out there for Century, which they which is eight ninety nine a month, but it's one movie ticket per month, and you can roll the ticket over, and they do have 20% off their concession. And my friend Jen actually just, she got it, and she and apparently you could actually purchase tickets at eight ninety nine with the with the membership. So maybe if they did something like that with uh, the movie pass, since the movie pass is... Uh, not quite universal, but it does carry over to Century, Regal, yeah. and a few of the other like cheaper seats. They could easily just do something similar where you can get one or a couple, you know, a couple movies free automatically, and then if you want some additional tickets, you can just purchase it at nine ninety five yeah. instead of the having to pay full price. Yeah, that's a, well, well, hopefully nobody. I mean, I'm going to mention this like for Century Theater goers. I mean. If you go during twilight hours, which is actually between matinee and uh, and late night showings, 
it's that's the cheapest time to go to the see a the uh, film so if uh, mm. if it was only like a certain amount per month you know through the century you know like like through the uh, movie pass for like century um, that would be the cheapest time to go mm-hmm. Probably my favorite time to go is like a Tuesday or Sunday at Regal when the tickets are like five bucks yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm good with going on a Sunday or a Tuesday <laughs> it doesn't bother me yeah, I mean, and for oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say for those, for some of those, the only theater that does that is the van. Well, the one that I'm aware of is the one in downtown Vancouver off of C Street. Oh, wow. Some of the other Regals do them too, especially yeah. I think the Tuesdays. Some of the other Regals do. Okay. Yeah, a lot of I think there's only a few of them in Washington County that do it, but. Um, uh, there's actually an, a non-branded theater that me and Stavro go to that always has new movies, and they have a $5 Tuesday every week, which is pretty fun, because um, th- that's usually what we'll do. Like, a lot of times when we want to see something, we'll wait till the following week, or the following weekend after opening weekend, and just see it there, because that way you can blow your extra money on, you know, the concessions you actually want, like like beer or <laughs> or soda or maybe even gross popcorn, but... <laughs> and when I say gross popcorn, yeah. I don't mean that in, like, a slanderous way. I mean, because every time I go with Stavro, he puts so much crap on it, it's almost gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say, because I love myself some popcorn with a little butter on it when I go to the movie theater. It's actually really hard for me to go to the movie theater and not... Have it. Yeah, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, I'll end up um, sharing a popcorn with uh, with Stavro, and uh, I'll get a lot of, uh, <laughs> he'll, you know, because we'll get the movie theater butter and the stuff on it, but then he'll throw like Parmesan, garlic, salt, and um, a few other things on there, and oil, like <laughs> more oil. It's like He's so fancy there. Uh, I'll tell you this: like every time he does that. Because normally if you do that or if you ask for certain things, it's always, like, greasy up top and then the rest of it down towards the bottom is, like, plain popcorn. No, when he does it, the whole bag. (laughs) It's just just more potent at the top. (laughs) It's pretty horrifying. There's always the chance that MoviePass should also become, um, I thought it'd be cool to become non-profit. Because then they can get the theater guys to actually donate tickets, yeah. and then the theaters can get a write-off. That'd be kind of neat, but that, that would probably also be like a limited one per person kind of deal, I think. Probably. Yeah. Well, basically, movie pass is a really great idea, but you know, unless they definitely do make some changes, it's going to be very short-lived. The next thing we have on our list here is. A web series um, that's been going on since 2016, and it's um, done by a, a skeleton crew of uh, very ambitious uh, filmmakers. Um, and all the and the whole series, of course, uh, currently available. Um, I think they've only got like about four four episodes so far, but um, the show White Space, uh, which spelled W-I-G-H-T space um, and it's got it's got a real interesting storyline uh, of course the of course this is a Canadian made uh, series uh, 
not that I'm gonna jump on them for being Canadians, but hey, you know, I mean, a lot of interesting weird stuff comes out of Canada, so. And, yeah, this series as it is, okay, so, I've got a lot of ups and downs about it, and we'll kind of go into that as we go get through this, but, um, basically the storyline as it's shown on IMDb, uh, I very near future, science will prove to be, um, or will prove the existence of ghosts. Um, and now that we are aware of them, um, they also become aware of us. And so the government kind of has to step in and kind of take over. And it's actually a bit of technology that's out there that actually helps detect these beings. Something a little bit more sinister is starting to come through. And the story kind of, I mean, it kind of takes some really kind of weird turns, but <laughs> what do we think of the story so far? Well, for me, it was, it was definitely a little different. Um, I'm not usually into the whole horror um, kind of uh, storyline, but I didn't feel it was like, too scary, but more maybe realistic of what would happen. Um, I don't, what do you think, Heather? I like it and I don't like it. I'm kind of mixed. I wanted this, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of hooked for the fact that I'm kind of, I'm more so curious about how they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, the storyline itself, to me, because I've read a lot of books, I've seen a lot of movies, is pretty is pretty cliched for the most part, which is kind of slightly disappointing. But at the same time, you know, when you have something like this, there's not a whole lot of story, There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Yeah. You only you know you only get so many types of storylines you could use. Um, I do like the fact that they made it as close to realistic as possible, or at least I got the realistic feel. A lot of the realistic feel was very subtle. Like, I love the signs that they put in some of the places. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they made it slightly futuristic by adding in the AI houses. So, you know, they got to talk to the houses a little. They, yeah. you know, do stuff in the house. Some of the some of the scripting was actually somewhat realistic. I can imagine people talking in talk way. As you know, as or a little finicky, a little cliché. It's definitely low budgeted, which does hurt it, but at the same time doesn't hurt it because they have to be creative in what they're doing. But it also better, I guess. Yeah. I think the the one thing that the show um, is seriously missing is definitely budget. Um, with the storyline that they actually have in place, um, you could actually get a lot out of it, all of the X-Files, and, and really kind of... Um, deep dive into a lot of these, you know, different thing, you know, different themes a little bit better. Um, I think one thing that they kind of, they kind of miss, kind of miss on is that there are certain scenes, like, I think like in episode three, there's too much between the sisters. 
That kind of got me. I think, I think that was episode three. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, the there was the, there was too much of that. That should have just been a segment of the show and not half of the episode. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like some of there. I feel like some of it's like a lot of talking. Yeah, definitely. But I think what, what they're trying to build up to also probably because of it, it is kind of costly to do a lot of special effects stuff and and other mm-hmm. and other themes like that. Because um, even when. Um, Oh God! What's the main character uh, when he when he sees his like when he sees his friend, you know, kind of reappearing in front of him? You know, there should be somewhat of a you know, kind of like a little haze about him that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of gives you the impression that he's not actually there there. Um, especially if this is um, if this is happening in, happening in the near future, you know. I mean. I don't. I wouldn't think that holographic projection technology would be that good yet. So yeah, <laughs> um, that leads me to the one interesting fact. Um, in the first episode, when Jerry gets killed, yeah. why couldn't he unlock the door to escape? He was in his own. He was in like a hotel or an apartment. I think that's was blocked, but he couldn't get out. Why? I think that's kind of where the horror element comes into play because in a lot of like supernatural horror films, uh, the spectral being that enters the room will prevent you from uh, opening doors. You know whether it's the inability to you know get the door open. You know because the handle's tight, or it burns them. Or it does, or it pushes them back, you know, like a like a certain amount of energy surge, like forces them against the wall, mm-hmm. uh, and because because I mean at least that's why I want to believe it was happening in that open in that first episode, was that you know the demon was kind of taking control of the environment, killed him, let, left no trace, and then you know, like it would, you know, because like in a lot of like other you know other film and TV series is usually there is no actual evidence but and and I think when because I think Jerry was the one that because he invented the technology I think, right? he's the one that dies in the first movie or the first episode yeah, but I think he's the one that invented the tech because uh, I know he used to work for the um, the corporation that created the yeah. technology and stuff so I think he had a lot to do with it but um, and I know when that one girl steals the, the <laughs> computer, which that was another one too. I think that was, I think the sequence might have been a little too long, um, but it does. You know, it. I think what they were trying to really push out was the the fact that his character was super paranoid and everything. But um, I think they probably could have made a little bit. They probably could have made less of a spectacle of it and kind of killed him off real quick. Yeah, I feel like they should do less talking, because I found that some things were just drawn out way too long. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that. I think they could have emphasized a little bit more on some things, like, you know, as I mentioned about him being locked in his own apartment or hotel room. Yeah. There is ways to, even if they don't have the money to add a little additional thematics to the door, to emphasize it's a supernatural thing, keeping them from opening it. Yeah. They could probably incorporate other ways the actor could be doing. Instead, he just tried it and then tried to enter it, and it seemed really, to me, kind of silly yeah. and unrealistic. But 
I could definitely see, you know, as you pointed out, a supernatural person, creature, keeping him away when he's trying to attack. Uh, but then again, in the second episode, or no, during the, I think it was still the, during the first episode, yeah. yeah. And again, in the first episode, when his friend is about to get attacked, his door was completely fine when he opened it up and saw Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that wasn't quite consistent. No, but I mean, maybe it's uh, maybe it's another ghost. <laughs> well, that uh, no, that one that that was the one where the yeah where the thing starts coming out through the wall, right? So. Yeah, that was the same demon. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't supposed to die. Maybe it just maybe he got weakened somehow. I don't know. But uh, for I whatever don't. reason, yeah, I, I, he probably should have. He probably could have got killed too. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that there are moments in the in the series where the cinematography looks super awesome, and then mm -hmm. there were moments where the cinematography is a little a little cheapened. And I want to think that might because I, I mean just from my experience in filming low budget stuff, it might have been just like a locations thing. Maybe they were only able to get certain pieces at certain times, so they just did so much filming in one specific spot with so many specific people instead of having, instead of having all hands on deck every episode. You know? mm -hmm. And then um, the one thing I did I have to admit they did a decent job with the authority guy that was fighting the ghosts. Mm -hmm. They did a decent job. I wish it kind of explained a little bit about why ghosts could actually touch. I mean, I know in theory that a lot of ghosts can, over time, give enough energy to touch people. To touch actual people. Yeah. But they didn't quite go into that a little bit. I kind of wish they kind of did. Uh, but I did like that whole scene, especially the little humor where the guy's like having to recite that ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, what do we call it? The um, the right something rights. It would be like the ghost rights versus yeah. you know versus <laughs> yeah, the rights when the police yeah. officers take you away. Yeah, the Miranda. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like Miranda. Miranda yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was kind of. I thought that was really cute and clever. That was okay. Ghosts have rights. Honestly, the the card shop was my favorite place. <laughs> like that D and D kind of card shop. Because uh, I, I I'm 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 a definite frequenter of places like that. So um, seeing that scene was real fun to me. Because uh, but um, at the same time, I I kind of wish there had been a little bit less talking from the card shop owner and more full-on interaction between Goldie and um, mm. Steven. I think that was his name, right? I'm honestly spacing on his name. I am too, yeah. I I watched it, but I had the... But unfortunately, when I, while I was watching, I was watching it with mainly subs, and then I had... I was actually working when I was doing it, so... I <laughs> <My laughs> word for... As some of our uh, regular audience knows, we don't always remember names from shows and movies. Oh yeah, no, I am <laughs> I am completely terrible with it. Um, of course, I remember Goldie because I mean, she's she's very pretty, so it's like kind of hard to forget her <laughs> name. But uh, pretty easy to remember. Yeah. Plus, it, plus, I I did like the that was the only thing about her and her sister that I liked is that she was just jealous about the name. 
but I think the one interaction with her should have been enough as far as that episode was concerned, but yeah, I don't think they needed to drill it into you that, oh yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> well, maybe also wanted the whole, in the fourth episode, which I know Liz hasn't got to, I think it's the fourth one, where Goldie wakes what's-his-name-up, and when after they had that short interaction and leaves, they make the joke that yeah, I should have gone. I should have stayed with the demon. And ah, yeah. he says, "I gave you the chance." <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think they wanted. I think they had that idea in mind when they wrote it because they wanted that in there. Yeah, no, that was a good line. That was a really good line, actually. <laughs> well, I did watch like three episodes right before we filmed to catch myself up on it, and I don't know. I felt like. There is something missing. I mean, I'd have to sit down, but I am a really big advocate for, like, plot points when it comes to writing. And even TV shows have plot points. You know, they have that exciting incident and stuff that happens, and then the resolving. There's always something that kind of happens that triggers something that kind of gets resolved at the end. And with the TV show, those are very small bumps in the road compared to the actual entire season plot point that's happening and I don't know I didn't feel like there was a lot of like I don't know I felt really distant from the characters like I didn't really care kind of what happened to them and it was sad that one of the agent guys died um but I was having trouble connecting yeah, I think the agent the agent storyline was definitely my, my more favorite part of the show. Like I didn't. Really, I would have been. Yeah, I was kind of disconnected to the rest of them too. I think it would have been really cool if we if the agent's uh, friend that died actually became a ghost agent. I think that would have been actually yes. a lot better storyline oh, than yeah. having a female female character. Almost. And I do agree that. Um, the agent, from what I've seen of the main agent um, through uh, this, the couple of episodes, he seems to have, um, you know, that intern, that flaw that, you know, can eventually hopefully be resolved. He actually has the storyline that makes more sense. The, um, the guy who's being chased by the demon, it's kind of like, well, maybe this, well, maybe that, well, maybe this, well, maybe that, and there's not a lot of he, he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, I would definitely yeah. Say, so I would definitely say for the next few episodes, um, hopefully hopefully we see a little bit more of a, you know, kind of like a, you know, an overall created story, um, story mm-hmm. arc for the characters that makes a little bit more sense. That kind of drives, that has a driving point to it. Um, Probably a little bit more char- detailed character profiling. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, and I know they kind of gloss over it, um, you know, with uh, with the one with the one guy um, who's with Goldie and and his uh, and his friend Jerry who created the thing. Um, but I definitely think that the if they're gonna focus on any major storyline, you know, story plot point. I think the the emphasis should always be on the agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going forward. 
Yeah, I like the. I definitely like the agent storyline. Um, I definitely think the agent guy. He actually did a decent job. He was. He. I don't know if it's because I don't know if he actually had. I don't know if any of these guys had a lot of acting experience, but I think out of all the acting, the male agent guy really honed in on his character a lot more and did a much better job at acting as as is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say this. The closing credits where it kind of looks like intro credits and it kind of looks like um, and and then it looks like exit credits. That sequence is fr- is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I started to watch part of it, and that was pretty nice. I liked how they emphasized certain areas of the letters of the people's names, and it was really cool looking. Yeah, yeah, the transitions were neat. It was kind of, it it definitely gave you that, like, it kind of reminded me of of some of the uh, Spider-Man movies, especially the ones with Andrew Garfield in it, like some of the, the credit sequences that they would do in those movies. That's what a lot of it kind of reminded me of. And it did have that kind of eerie factor. It kind of goes into it, too, which um, I think they need to figure out a way to make the whole series feel that way, you know? And, not, and try not to rely on, you know, kind of pop cheese jokes and stuff like that. But as far as, but as, as Rotten Corpse Radio is concerned, I mean, compared to some of the stuff we've done, fits with that. <laughs> I would have greenlit this project, too. I would have been like, yes, do it. <laughs> so, yes, uh, people with white space, keep going. Um, I'm definitely interested in seeing how it progresses. Yeah. But definitely keep uh, definitely keep perfecting this, the filming, the cinematography, the sound definitely work on some of the character profiling and some of the scripts. Probably down, I would definitely like to see a lot less talking and maybe more, I don't know how they would do it, but I just kind of feel like maybe let us get into more of the characters without a lot of talking. Well, they do say when it comes to writing script that you really have to make your points you know, very kind of short and sweet, you know, that you don't, that you need to get in, get it said, and get it done. And the conversation between the sisters and the guy was like, you can get that she was a jerk, but then they were like, well, let's just prove how much of a jerk, and let's prove even more that she's a jerk. And it's like that scene could have been cut in half or even less than that and could have driven the fact of what an ass she was without the length that they went into. So maybe they just need to focus on just getting into the scene, saying what needs to be said, show what needs to be shown, and get it over with, and not this over-dramatization um, over, uh, that they did. Yeah. yeah. I keep thinking of uh, the Supernatural TV show when I was watching this. Yeah, a lot of head nod stuff. I thought it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um... Yeah, guys, definitely keep going on that. Um, yeah, don't give up on that one because it's uh, you know you never know because this could be this could be the next Marble Hornets if they keep plugging away on it because like they did Marble Hornets for a long time and, and that is a way cheaper budget show like it was basically just one camera and they just do stuff and 
<laughs> and it, it wasn't, I didn't think that show was very engaging, but dude, it was super popular and it created Slender Man. So there you go. <laughs> Slender Man. So yeah, so keep going, guys. All right. So um, anyway, uh, check us out online. We're at Rotten Corpse Entertainment, Rotten Corpse Radio on Patreon and Facebook. Um, and Vimeo.com. <laughs> Don't forget us on Vimeo. Uh, you can find uh, Heather and Liz combined. Combined is Liz Heather. L Y Z Z for Liz. Um, and Your Story Discovered. Um, you can find them on the web as well as Facebook at Your Story Discovered. And we are out of time, but. Definitely tune in next time. Uh, we've got episodes of The Door Corner and Sick and Wrong's Tag Team Power Hour for those wrestling fans we actually do have out there. And we'll see everybody next time. This has been Rotten Corp.